Hi everyone, and thanks for joining us for the August 23rd edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. My name is Taylor Edwards, and as always, I'm going to be reading you the top four stories from this edition. Today's Angus Beef Bulletin Extra Audio is sponsored by Biozyme. Get your calves in and get them going with the power of VitaCharge Cattle Drench. The green cattle drench supports feed and water intake, the immune system, and digestibility with Aobiotics Amifirm, a prebiotic research proven to enhance digestibility, and MOS to help normalize gut microflora and support the immune system. Learn more or find your nearest dealer at www.biozyme.com. And now for our front page story. Cisco and Certified Angus Beef announce partnership to enhance animal welfare and beef sustainability. Nine cattle care training events take place between August 2023 and June 2024. By Lindsay Runvey, Certified Angus Beef. Cisco, the global leader in food service distribution, and Certified Angus Beef, a brand known for its commitment to quality beef, are pleased to announce a strategic partnership aimed at promoting animal welfare and beef sustainability. The collaboration will focus on providing beef quality assurance training and certification to 1,000 farmers and rangers through nine training events between August 2023 and June 2024. We're proud to partner with Certified Angus Beef, a brand led and owned by farmers and ranchers and known for its commitment to excellence, says Henry Bovog, Cisco's Vice President of Sustainability. Through this initiative, we hope to support and strengthen the livelihoods of family farmers and ranchers who are dedicated to producing high-quality beef and prioritizing the welfare of animals and the environment. BQA, a nationally recognized education and certification program, encompasses the best practices for cattle care, including animal handling, nutrition, and responsible use of antibiotics. The training helps producers stay current on the best management practices and its certification boosts consumer confidence in how beef is raised. According to research from NCBA on behalf of Beef Checkoff, 70% of consumers agreed that BQA certification increased their confidence in knowing the beef they eat is safe, and 67% agreed that it increased their confidence that cattle are humanely raised. Prior to learning about the program, 44% of consumers had positive perceptions about cattle production. That increased to 70% after learning of the BQA program. Through this partnership, we can continue to foster a culture of cattle care and with BQA certifications, communicate ranchers' commitment to doing the right thing, says John Sitka, CAB president. Today's consumers have great interest in how their beef is raised and the practices behind it. Programs like BQA help bring our customers and beef community closer together in that understanding, building trust to ensure a sustainable future for our industry. The cattle care partnership between Cisco and CAB highlights the shared commitment of both companies to support farmers and ranchers in the beef community as a whole. By investing in BQA training, the partnership elevates the industry's work to address consumer concerns, reinforce trust, and ensure future demand for beef. As an editor's note, Lindsay Rung is the Director of Producer Communications for Certified Angus Beef. Our next article comes from the management page and is called, Why Consider Dry Lotting Cows This Fall? Tips for Happy, Healthy Pears and Dry Lot by Connor Beeler, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. As pastures continue to recover from drought, some producers who traditionally pasture their cattle are considering feeding cow-calf pears in confinement. 
Dry lighting can be a feasible way to allow pasture recovery while feeding grain, forage, and crops over to pairs. A few of the many advantages of a dry lot system include closer observation of the herd, low stress weaning, and providing opportunity to bunk break calves prior to weaning. While input costs of confinement feeding of pairs is more expensive than in years past due to increased commodity prices, it provides the opportunity for producers to stockpile forage in the future. With hay prices still more than $200 per ton, limiting amounts in diets is economical. However, in order to keep a healthy rumen, forage inclusion should be at least 0.5% of the cow's weight on a dry matter basis. When developing rations, consider using cost per unit of protein and energy to determine the most cost-effective feed. If available, corn silage produces more energy per acre than any other crop. Silage mixes well with low-quality forages, and it can help limit the the needed inclusion of low-quality hay which can help to prevent ruminal impaction. Low-level grain inclusion can also decrease cost per unit of energy. Knowing the quality of your feedstuffs is an important part of feeding cattle in dry lot. It is recommended you test as a total mixed ration. More importantly, test forages prior to feeding period. This allows nutritionists and producers the ability to develop rations that properly meet the nutrition requirements of the animal and not exceed them, wasting resources. To further reduce waste of feed resources, dry lots provide the option to limit feed by reducing intake while still meeting nutritional requirements. Limit feed at least 1.75 of body weight, otherwise cows will exhibit an irritable disposition from lack of fill. This can be mitigated further by feeding long stem hay, which promotes rumination, keeping the cattle more content and reducing behaviors like fence chewing. If properly managed, herd health in confined feeding situations is comparable to pasture scenarios. Cattle should be lotted into pens allowing 500 to 800 square feet per pair. If pens are too large and dry conditions persist, the increased dust from the surface allows a greater chance of pneumonia for calves. When planning to dry lot cows, allow for 28 to 36 inches of bunk space per pair. It is ideal to separate cows based on nutrition requirements. Younger cows and first calf heifers have greater energy and protein requirements, whereas mature cows in good condition require less energy relevant to their body weight. If feeding everything in one pen is the only option a producer has, maximizing bunk space per head is highly recommended to allow smaller, more timid cattle a spot at the bunk. Here are a few other things to keep in mind if you intend to dry lock your cows. Feeding whole corn works better than rolled corn when daily forage intake is at 0.5% of body weight. Mineral can either be mixed into the feed or fed free choice. Feeding cattle on a dry lot increases the production life of older, broken-mouthed cows. A smaller, confined area allows for easier health checks of cattle. For more information on Nebraska beef extension or dry lotting cows, reach Connor Beeler at 402 624 8007 or visit his website www.bigredbeeftalk.unl.edu. As an editor's note, Connor Beeler is a Nebraska Extension agent. And our next story will be coming from the Health and Nutrition section, and it's called Comparing Soybean Meal to Distillers Grains for Finishing Cattle. Study finds prices should be the determining factor. By Warren Rushi, South Dakota State University. For the last 20 years, co-products from corn processing have been the primary source of supplemental crude protein for cattle feeders. 
Expanded ethanol production in South Dakota and the surrounding region resulted in plentiful supplies of competitively priced distiller's grains, allowing feeders to formulate diets at a lower cost of gain. In addition, the added ruminally undegradable protein from distiller's grains and the bunk conditioning attributes of wet or modified distillers provided nutritional and feeding benefits. So it's no surprise that the distiller's grains have been included in virtually all cattle diets in recent memory. Many feeders and nutritionists have never actually fed diets that did not contain corn processing co-products. COVID-19 and the fuel and transportation issues triggered by the pandemic began to shift the assumption that distiller's grains were the sole option. Production of distiller's grains is intrinsically linked to ethanol output, so as the demand for ethanol decreased, so did distiller's production. At the same time, we witnessed increased oilseed demand brought about by greater demand for renewable diesel fuel. Consequently, soybean crush capacity is dramatically increasing. Will greater crush capacity result in more plentiful, less expensive soybean meal? If so, how could cattle feeders take advantage? Investigating performance differences. We conducted an experiment sponsored by the South Dakota Soybean Research and Promotion Council in 2022 to compare soybean meal and soy hulls to distiller's grains with the objective of determining if there were performance differences caused by protein sources. We used three different diets. Number one, a standard Midwest finishing diet using modified distiller's grains. Number two, a diet where we substituted soybean meal for corn and distillers. And number three, a diet where we substituted soybean meal and soy hulls for distillers. All diets had the same crude protein content, and the diet with soy hulls had the same amount of fiber as a distillers-based control diet. We conducted the study at the Southeast Research Farm using 240 yearling steers for 118 days. We found that there were no appreciable differences in cattle performance, feed efficiency, or carcass characteristics between yearling steers fed different protein sources. The table below shows the growth performance responses we observed in the study. These measurements were not statistically different. Distributions of USDA quality grades did not differ either. Consequently, source of protein made only trivial difference in this study, and cattle feeders should base protein supplement decisions on cost per unit of delivered crude protein and feed handling capabilities of individual yards. As an editor note, Warren Rushi is an assistant professor and SDSU Extension Feedlot Specialist. And our very last story is from the marketing page. and is called Bread Cow Prices Are Rising. Daily Livestock Report authors take note of increases in bread cow prices by Steiner Consulting Group. The question we receive often this time of year is, are we seeing any expansion in the cow herd? That question can be difficult to answer because of regional differences. The northern plains have been swimming in great moisture this year, while the southern plains started out on okay footing but have recently turned brutally hot. Hay production has been noted as excellent, but given the prices received for hay, most are shipping hay elsewhere to capitalize on a record high hay market. That provides a little optimism for expansion. The Pacific Northwest looks dry again. The Corn Belt has been dry all year, but seems likely it will improve. It is just hard to tell on a national level. What few pieces of data the industry does receive between cattle inventory reports is on the USDA AMS auction data on replacements. These reports cover bred heifers, bred cows, stock cows, and cow-calf pairs. They can be highly seasonal and the data is inconsistent throughout the year, making it tough to draw long-term conclusions. 
However, data analysis can still offer a look at the general trends. In this daily livestock report, to compare apples to apples, we pulled bred cows 1 to 3 months along, classified as medium and large, 1 to 2 sold on a per head basis. Some of the auctions are individual sales, while those noted only by state are using the USDA AMS combined auction data. If medium and large 1 to 2 did not have data, then medium large 1 was used for both this year and a year ago. All ages were averaged for both the August 2023 and August 2022 comparisons. In the columns, no data means that the auction may have had other types of replacement selling, but for simplicity's sake, bred cows with the above specifications was the category we focused on. This assumption was used to try to capture cows timing springboard calves in 2024. Many of the auctions lacked enough bred heifer data to look at those numbers. Generally speaking, replacement costs have moved substantially higher in the South. The Southeast in particular has seen an upward movement to the tune of 40-60% to 60% from a year ago. Kentucky, on the other hand, is one of the few states to see replacement values rise only 21% from last August. Many of the northern tier states lacked data, including Kansas, during the month of observance. Missouri, in which the Livestock Marketing Information Center tracks two replacement auctions, saw increases of up 24% in West Plains, up to 50% in Joplin. Oklahoma City has increased 57% over a year ago, which is interesting as coal cow values there have recently plummeted. The higher prices may be more indicative of cow availability rather than demand related to expansion. Heifer retention in the July 1st report was very low, coupled by some of the co-founding variables of drought, pasture conditions, and very high hay prices. We've heard more about producers cashing in on high calf and feeder prices rather than retaining animals. Bread animal prices will be data worth watching out because of the nature of the data, but only one piece to look at for indications of expansion. As an editor's note, this article is reprinted with permission. It was first printed August 18th as Volume 21, Number 156 of the Daily Livestock Report published by Steiner Consulting Group, DLR Division. To subscribe, visit www.dailylivestockreport.com. Thanks again for joining us for this week's edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra, and thanks to Biozone for their support of this edition of the Extra Audio. Be sure to check out the other stories in this week's edition at www.angusbeefbulletin.com forward slash extra.